This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Welcome in, Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The Fancy Sparky Pfeiffer, Gary Ellerson, Leroy Butler. Tomorrow, Wendy's Big Show with the Gravedigger, Gilbert Brown at 1235. Do not miss that. Looking forward to that. Coming up on today's show, Jake Kokorowski, BadgerBlitz.com, joining us momentarily. He's on hold. And we'll also talk with Ben Steele coming up about one half hour. Talking about Marquette basketball as they get ready to take on Villanova. And I... uh, I'll be honest with you, I, I am confused as to why they did not get a single vote in the AP Top 25. I, I don't understand. So maybe Ben Steele can explain it to me because I, I don't get it at all. Uh, joining us now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is Jake Kokorowski of BadgerBlitz.com uh, joins us here on Sparky's Midday Madness. How are we doing, Jake? Doing good, man. Just got done with my first leg day of the week. So, you know, it's always got to try to work off that stuff. And uh, But, yeah, I got... Tons more stuff coming from Badger Blitz later today and tomorrow, too. So just trying to fit everything in and be a stay-at-home dad, too. You know how it goes. I know nothing about lifting weights, but I'll take your word that, that was a, <laughs> that's a thing. Um, okay, so let's let's talk about uh, a couple of things here. I want to focus kind of on Badger football a little bit. Maybe if we have time, we'll get to Badger basketball. But So explain to everybody kind of how this transfer portal is working um, and then how it affects the Badgers to this point because the Badgers have been quite active in it early. Yeah, so basically the transfer portal, for, for those who don't know, it's a way for players that are in college right now to they have a – if they don't feel like their situation is the best, they, whether it's playing time, other issues, et cetera, uh, that they seem deemed worthy, they can enter what's called the transfer portal. Uh, it's a 
mythical, or I just call it mythical because, I mean, it, it, it's something that's there, but it's also just, it's not a physical thing, of course. But uh, you enter your name into this portal, and then schools that see you on this list, they can contact you if you want to, if they are interested in you. And, you know, sometimes, you know, depending upon school, you could return and withdraw your name from the portal, or you could, you know, or the team, or, you know, the schools could just cut you, uh, you know, basically, basically in terms of, okay, you're on your own now that you entered the portal. So with that, you know, there's been a lot, I mean, this is just numbers from late December, but according to Rivals Transfer Portal's, uh, you know, our Twitter profile there, you know, this is as of late December. So these numbers have gone up and changed and whatnot, but, you know, 911 players from Division 1A, so FBS schools, have entered since August 1st. So those numbers, that's numbers change, obviously, but that's just a snippet compared to what's, you know, what's happened now. And so now they- you talk about what happened with the Badgers. Well, you know, we have a transfer tracker up on badgerblitz.com and, you know, we counted out two, four, six, nine players that, you know, have, you know, former Badgers that have entered the portals, you know, begin, you know, right before, you know, right around the, you know, 2021 season, uh, you know, Jalen Berger, who's now at Michigan State, Devin Chandler's at Virginia, among others, uh, you know, Isaiah Green Mays at Northern Illinois now, but you also look at, you know, talk about recently Wisconsin, you know, since late December, they've picked up four players, you know, via the transfer portal. You know, these players have publicly committed. So you have a kicker like Vito, Vito uh, Calvaruso, who, if you're looking for someone that's like a touchback specialist on special teams, he had, I think, was it not mistaken, like 85% of his touchback, uh, of his kickoffs went for touchbacks last year. Uh, you look at, you know, two defensive backs with Justin Clark. Uh, you know, a transfer from Toledo, who has experience with Wisconsin's cornerbacks coach, Hank Poteet. Uh, yesterday, two Bruins, from, you know, from UCLA, publicly committed to Wisconsin. That looked like uh, defensive back Jay Shaw, who led the team in interceptions with three for that second Pac-12 team. program. He was second, was, second team Pac-12, right? Right, exactly. And if you take a look, for those that subscribe to Pro Football Focus and, you know, like their grades or, you know, believe their grades are reputable – he graded out as an 82.7, which is the best of all the Bruins on that side of the ball for last season. And then also staying with that Pac-12 program, Keontes Lewis, wide receiver, high three-star uh, player. 6'2", big kid. Yep, big kid. Uh, played over 200 snaps, according to Pro Football Focus, as a true freshman, didn't catch a pass. But, uh, you know, he announced that he was committed to Wisconsin, too. So Wisconsin, you know, they've had players leave the program. We, we talked about that, I believe, you know, on this show, you know, in the fall when all this was happening, especially in like mid-October, right when Wisconsin was starting to get going on that seven-game winning streak. But now they've also been beneficiaries where you've, you're starting to see players come in and, you know, you look at defensive backs, Shaw and Clark, both can help sure up a, a secondary that, you know, all four starters, you know, two cornerbacks, two safeties, are departing the program. Uh, with uh, Fayon Hicks, Caesar Williams at cornerback, you got Colin Wilder, Scott Nelson at safety, you know, leaving as well. So, you know, that'll help provide some experience back there with those. Both of them have starting experience uh, and could help out, like, at the cornerback position with someone like a Dean Ingram, who I thought played very well as a slot corner in 2021, but also Alexander Smith, who did spot starts for Hicks when he was out last season, too. So I think that helps strip the, the secondary there. And the wide receivers, obviously, Wisconsin's losing Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor and Jack Dunn, but with Davis and Pryor, exhausting their eligibility. They combined for 64 catches last year for almost 900 yards and five touchdowns. So uh, if you, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Shimmery DK, who I think I'm really high on Marcus Allen, same here, you know, true freshman who will be a second year player next year. I think both of those guys will really stand out. I like Skylar Bell, but you know, what, what can Keontae uh, Lewis do? 
you know, in that role and how he, you know, what he, could he provide with that big frame? So I think you went through the whole class. I wasn't expecting you to do all that for all these transfers, but you went through all of them. <laughs> um, so let's just go pull it back a little bit here. So this transfer portal essentially means that you don't have to sit out a year anymore. And that is pretty much why this thing is exploded. Because in years past, you had to sit out a year before you could play for that next team. And that deterred, I think, some players from moving around. Now not having to sit out, you can literally you get it one time, right? You can move move in the transfer portal one time and that's it. So if you're a younger player and you 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 see yourself blocked, it makes all the sense in the world to move. But then if you decide to move again, then you have to sit out a year. Is that right? Uh, now there's one thing where with if you're a grad transfer, that's true. So like someone like a like a Justin Clark from Toledo, from uh, you know like someone like a, a Jay Shaw who is a grad transfer as well. Like Russell Wilson yeah. was. Right, like that's immediate. I believe there's. I, I think I, I, I should. I don't want to misquote here. So I'm. I thought that's what it was, but I'm taking a look uh, with the one-time transfer. I believe that's the one-time. Yeah, within a one-time transfer exception, I believe there is uh, on that. Uh, but you know, there may be other exceptions. And right now, my head is. I don't know the exact ruling, but let me get back to you on that, Sparky, because I want to make sure I give you and your listeners the full the full breakdown there but it is also i mean for grad transfers for sure you know and i believe it's if they haven't transferred already they for sure have that you know year where they can just jump in and uh you know they can play immediately so i'm jay kokorowski badgerblitz.com here on sparky's midday madness on the fan Uh, the other aspect of this um that i don't know if it really concerns me necessarily but this is going to affect how many scholarships are essentially being recruited, isn't it? As far as how many high school kids are being brought in by these different universities, if this is essentially going to be like free agency around college football where uh, guys are going to be moving programs as quickly uh, as ever before. I, I think, you know, what you're seeing with, you know, and I'm looking back at, on that um, tweet from our rivals portal, you had, you know, and as of like December 28th, there were that 911 players, Right. But then you take a look and the percentage of it was pretty low uh, when it came to who actually found homes. And let's see. Yeah, I I looked it up here on the transfer portal and I was right. The one time transfer rule allows athletes to transfer to a different school one time during their career and play immediately uh, without getting permission from their coach or school. Previously, athletes had to get permission from their current school and then had to sit out a year as a penalty for transferring. Right. Yeah. And that's what I had thought. I just wanted to confirm that so I wasn't giving you guys any, any right. uh, misinformation. Yep. So I apologize for not having that in front of me right away. That's Sparky, all good. But, uh, but yeah, but even like looking at the numbers as of December 28th, 243 players announced new schools and 911 of them had entered. So you look at that, that was as of December 28th. So I, I don't have the numbers, the new numbers in front of me, I, you know, but whatnot. But that just kind of gives you a snapshot at that point of less than 28% of those players found new homes already. So, you know, and like you said, for uh, when it comes to that, I think it does change recruiting, though. It depends. I mean, it changes things on both ends, right? Where for the schools, you know, Wisconsin had nine players leave. And, you know, those players, if I'm mistaken, were all on scholarship, right? So that changes the numbers of players they could bring in for a recruiting class. But also, you don't just look at high schools anymore, but you kind of have to start looking a little bit more at, at players that are deciding to transfer and just, you know, doing research on the players and, you know, if they're right fits for the program, et cetera, offense scheme, defense scheme, other issues, you know, other things that they need to take into account as to like why they're transferring and whatnot. So 
it does change the landscape of recruiting. And like I said, so far we haven't seen those players, you know, we haven't seen like the vast majority of them, this, you know, find a new school. However, you know, I, I think it is a necessary thing. If it isn't the right fit or whatnot, I think players, especially with coaches leaving, you see Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma for USC before their bowl game, before the early signing period. I think that's also a byproduct of, you know, like in terms of the transfer portal and coaches leaving, you know, the recruiting classes in this early signing period in early December also, I think, plays a role because you don't want a lame duck recruiting class with players that are being recruited by an old regime, old coaching staff, uh, and then they, you know, whether or not they're released from their national letter of intent or if they, they try to, you know, put a, a you know, a, I guess you say, try to play within a scheme that may not be best for them, too. So I think it's, it's necessary. Uh, are things going to need to be fine-tuned as to, you know, what, what's going on in the transfer portal? Other things going on, you know, yeah, I think there, you know, there's always room for improvement and there'll always be changes and, you know, it'll evolve. But yeah, it does change a lot within the recruiting realm, not just looking at the high school kids, but also looking at who's, who's there that has played good Division One FBS football. Talking with Jay Kokorowski of BadgerBlitz.com uh, here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Uh, the, the big name that everybody is getting their hopes up for, and I, I, again, I, I'm trying not to. Uh, Caleb Williams, the the quarterback from Oklahoma, who's also in the transfer portal. Uh, there's been some rumblings and rumors floating around out there about maybe Wisconsin might be a, a team that he would consider. I saw uh, somebody say maybe he ends up visiting as early as you know this week or next week at some point. Uh, and I said when I when I saw it, first of all, I'll believe it when I see it because I mean this guy uh, can get out and run, he can throw it, um, so he kind of does everything. I would be super excited if they actually landed him. But if I'm Caleb Williams, dude, you better give me some wide receiver help. Like, I, I'm not coming with just what you have. Like, I need more. So when I saw the wide receiver from UCLA, I was like, okay, well, that's a good start. Yes, continue to add and, and help all that wide receiving core. What do you make of the Caleb Williams uh, uh, rumors at this point? Uh, I'm, I'm with you with the I'll see it kind of when I believe it. You know, we, we've, you know, we've heard the rumblings right now, and – there's nothing to report really on our end, right? Where, um, you know, trying to sniff around to see if there's anything to this stuff. And, you know, I haven't, I haven't heard anything you know, more outside of just, you know, I'm sure, you know, I'm, I know we've seen articles on other sites and whatnot. Um, but, you know, there's really not much on my end to report about anything about whether there is interest or mutual interest or et cetera, and just how deep anything is into it. You know, like I heard the same rumblings essentially as you did, Sparky. So I don't know. You know, we've tried to, you know, dig in more at Badger Blitz and uh, and whatnot. So if something does come up, we'll let you know. Uh, but you know, it is interesting. Where I guess I, overall, just with Wisconsin, and just you saw the quarterback play last year and uh, the passing game be among y'all you know, bottom third of the FBS. And it would be interesting to see if you know, even not on saying Caleb Williams, but. Uh, you know, if Wisconsin would look for another quarterback within the transfer portal just to provide competition or sure up the you know position, you know, with with who they have on the roster. But you know, I also you know like I I still think Graham Mertz can be a standout Power Five quarterback. Uh, you've seen the intangibles there, just the consistency, and then also you know there's execution sometimes, but also um, other things outside of him, whether it be like the pass rush the first four games getting to him and making him uncomfortable, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, I also like Deacon Hill, who, you know, we'll see what he does, you know, in his first spring ball coming up uh, in, in March, April-ish t- time frames. You know, Chase Wolf's still there. But, you know, I, it really, you know, until we hear 
there's anything we can report on it, uh, we'll let you know. But for right now, you know, um, I'm along your lines where, you know, if we hear that, you know, he's going to be visiting or and it's reportable, we'll let you know. But for now, uh, you know, the, the Caleb Williams stuff is still, you know, more speculation than anything. The day that Caleb Williams commits should be the day Graham Mertz enters the transfer portal. Because it's over. You think so? It's It's over. He's not beating up. There's no chance. He's just not beating about. I mean, I, listen, I was the president of the Grab Merce fan club when they recruited him, had been, and was giving him all the excuses in the uh, in the world after the first year starting with COVID and everything else, and uh, I was defending him. But, I, again, I mean, it just you just didn't see it. Yeah, you saw a flash or here or there, but you just never really saw it. And I, I don't. I don't know if it's, you know, reading defenses and, and not being sure of where to go with the ball uh, or really what his deal is, but you just never saw him take a step uh, this last year. Now, again, you bring up these guys that are here, Deacon Hill, big, strong kid that can throw it down the field, making some, you know, pretty good throws and practices and stuff. And I haven't seen him, so we'll see what he looks like. Chase Wolf, we've seen him. Eh. Um, that, that, that's that's not overly impressive at this point. So between him and Mertz, no. But if you get a, a quarterback like Caleb Williams, okay, then then you have reason to be excited. I think it's a Badger fan because I think people look at it and go, Russell Wilson part two. And somebody told me that Russell Wilson and, and Caleb Williams apparently are uh, know each other and have a relationship, and that might help Wisconsin as well. So if that's true, um, e- even more the better. We talk about another position that I am kind of curious to see if, if they go try and find. What about that tight end position for Wisconsin going into next year? You know, the tight end position is going to be interesting because, you know, we talk about uh, Jake Ferguson, who, you know, I'm sure we'll hear it at some point when they're talking about replacing the tight end being, you know, Barry Alvarez's grandson. So we'll have to mark that off on our bingo calendars whenever we listen to the broadcast. But uh, you also have, uh, when it comes to, the tight ends, you know, Jack Eschenbach, who walked onto the program. And, you know, it's going to be a matter of who steps up, you know, Eschenbach included, uh, within this program to, you know, take – to be that all-around tight end that you've seen Ferguson be. Ferguson, Ferguson can block. He can catch. He was a prime third-down target. He could run down a seam, uh, you know, and make plays. And so there's talent in that tight end group for Wisconsin. And, you know, it's not just you know, Eschenbach, who I mentioned before, uh, but, you know, Clay Cundiff before his that, that leg injury against Iowa where he needed to be carted off in an ambulance. Uh, I thought he was making strides. He was making big catches. Uh, I think he's a name to watch, who I think could be an all-around tight end. Uh, I like the athleticism of Jalen Franklin, who, you know, along with Ferguson, was like the only healthy tight end at the end of the last season, uh, you know, with, with all the injuries. That, I mean, there's five players that were out for uh, dirt, you know, that were unavailable for the bowl game, and four of them were out for the season, right? Uh, so, they, I mean, that, that group was decimated by injuries last year. But I like what Franklin can do, and we didn't see him in the past game, which a, a six foot four athletic frame, we saw in spring and fall camp what he could do. I'm wondering what, what, how that translates into 2022. You also have Hayden Rucci, uh, who is more of an inline blocker, but I, you know, he had some great pass catching skills in high school. I think he could be an impact player. Uh, gosh, Cam Large, who almost lined up like a pseudo fullback against Illinois before he was lost for the year, uh, you know, earlier this year too. So there's talent in that tight end room ingrown, you know, ingrown there, right? It's just a matter of just who will step up now, and they're going to need to step up if they want to have success and then not, you know, have to be so one-dimensional. But, you know, we saw even that, that for the most part this season with Braille and Allen, uh, you know, and Ches Malusi really, you know, cultivating a vast amount of yardage for Wisconsin. 
There he is, Jake Kokorowski. Check him out, badgerblitz.com. Uh, ben Wurgle, John McNamara, they all do a great job over there at badgerblitz.com. Follow them on Twitter uh, at Jake Coco, at Jake Coco, K-O-C-O. Jake, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys. Have a great day. Take care. There he is, Jake Kokorowski on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Applying for home renovation loan as you're feeling anxious, breathe. Let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today. Still to come, Ben Steele, Milwaukee Journal Sun. talks to Marquette basketball in about 15 minutes. Welcome in, Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM. The Fan. Thanks to Jake Kokorowski for joining us. Don't forget, Gilbert Brown, the Gravedigger, joins the Wendy's Big Show tomorrow, 1235. 1235, the Gravedigger joins uh, the Wendy's Big Show. Young Express, the company we talk about so much is continuing to grow. Would you like to be a part of a Christian-based family-run company? What a company that's been in business for over 30 years. Well, if that interests you, and it should, right? They currently are looking to add company straight truck drivers right now. For me, talk about what a great company this is to work for. Now go and apply online at youngexpress.com, J-U-N-G express.com. Now, this is what they're looking for. Minimum one-year continuous straight truck driving experience, familiarity with DOT regulations, clean background, and driving record. Uh, what you can expect if you get hired on to be a company straight truck driver for Young Express, 40 to 55 hours per week, Monday through Friday. 99% no-touch freight, all dock-to-dock, no home deliveries, Health insurance, 401k with company match, and Christmas bonus. Plus, no truck jumping. You get a new truck every four years, personal days, and vacation days. Apply for the position now at youngexpress.com. That's J-U-N-G express.com. Young Express, success drives them. John Young and his crew, uh, always uh, a bunch of good people to hang out with and uh, big fancy football players is, is John Young and his crew over there at Young Express and uh, a lot of fun. Always recommend uh, those fine folks over at Young Express. All right, Sparky, Sam Schmitz, other side of the glass, Ben Steele, Milwaukee Journal Central talks to Mark Peggett, basketball coming up. Uh, stay a, a little bit uh, with basketball. Yesterday I got on my rant uh, about uh, the Bucks uh, and the fact that Bucks fans are losing their minds uh, at this point. And there's a story up for ESPN Insider by Brian Windhorst uh, who talks about three teams in his mind, uh, the Wizards, uh, the Sixers, uh, and the Utah Jazz right now uh, that are trying to figure out what they want to do uh, at the NBA trade deadline. Now, I, I will simply say this. If you are the Milwaukee Bucks and you are sitting here right now. Now, again, February 10th, today's the 19th of January, so you're under a month uh, away from the NBA trade deadline. And I am sure uh, that you know, John Horst uh, is working the phones and, and seeing what's going on and what he may be eyeing up and looking at. Um, they have to get another big, guys. I, mean, I, I just I don't see any way around this. They have to go get another big to protect themselves against Brooke Lopez. Now, he's coming off back surgery. Uh, it looks like he's starting to do some on-court stuff, which is good, right? That's positive. Um, 
not that he's going to be back anytime soon, but at least he's starting to do some stuff on court. He got a big old beard and stuff. I saw a tweet out uh, yesterday with Brooke Lopez. Basketball in his hands. So that's good. I just don't know if, as an organization, you can go into this and go, yep, he's fine now. He's got he's had back surgery. He's good. He'll be fine. Uh, and we can move forward with him really truly being the only center on the roster. I just don't think you can do that. I really think you have to explore all options. Now, those three teams obviously are three teams uh, that will be talked about. But I think there's more than those three teams. I think the Celtics, that's been a complete disaster. Uh, that has not worked out. I think that's a team that considers blowing it up uh, and, and separating Jalen Brown uh, and Jason Tatum. They've had a long enough run to try and figure this out, and they can't. You gave them another star in Kyrie. That didn't work out. You switched coaches. I grant you the coach went upstairs to be essentially the head of basketball operations, but either way, you've switched coaches. The chemistry on the team is not that good. Uh, it doesn't appear, especially not when they're on the floor together. So that's obviously is an issue. The other team I look at and say they need to consider blowing it up is the Sacramento Kings. That team's not going anywhere fast. You've got a, a guy that's been considered a rising star, even though he hasn't played as well this year, in Darren Fox that's sitting there. Buddy Yield has been sitting on that uh, in, in Sacramento seemingly forever now since he got traded there a few years back. He can definitely help somebody uh, with some scoring off the bench. So those are two teams where I think you might see some star power get moved uh, because, for instance, in Sacramento, they're stacked with guards. I mean, they've got to be four, five deep at the guard position between uh, Halliburton uh, and him and and Darren Fox and Buddy Heald uh, and Mitchell, who they just drafted out of Baylor. They're stocked. So uh, a star guard might get moved here too. I think the Bucks are in a position where they might be able to come in to kind of help facilitate uh, and maybe get a, a nice big to help kind of move contracts around. Let me ask uh, Sam Schmitz this. Would you want a Christian Wood back, Sam Schmitz? Yeah, I would. A- athletic, big, that could you know certainly help this team. I, they just need somebody, honestly, a body, but... I think Wood would actually be somebody who could contribute probably in the playoffs too because Brooke Lopez isn't going to play that many minutes in the playoffs because they probably want to go a little more small. So I think right. Wood would be fine. And we're talking about, again, I'm not looking at salaries, nothing like that. I'm just looking at teams that very well could be active here. The Rockets are a team that are in complete rebuild mode uh, at that time, at this time. Wood's been playing fairly well for them too. Um, so maybe that is a consideration without looking at money and how everything works. I, I just think... They really have to consider it. Now, maybe it's DeMarcus Cousins. Maybe if they get Brooke Lopez back, they look at DeMarcus Cousins and go, okay, he doesn't have to be a rim protector. He's only going to play 15, 20 minutes a night, coming off the bench behind Brooke, uh, and he's going to be that guy. So maybe they bring back DeMarcus Cousins to be that backup to Brooke Lopez. But they've got to have another you know, 6'11", 7-footer that takes up space, um, can rebound the basketball, uh, and score the basketball a little bit. I just think you have to have it. I just don't think you can rely on Brooke Lopez to be healthy. I mean, and again, a prime example, Bakhtiari comes off his surgery. We all think he's going to be back. What happens? He's got extra fluid in his knee, has to go in, get a scope, and the whole thing gets delayed. 
Zadarius Smith for the Packers, he's got that back surgery that he's had. He's been out forever, uh, and now they're working him back. Now, whether or not he plays on Saturday against the Niners, we'll find out. But again, coming off back surgery, you don't know. Now, everybody is different, right? One thing I've learned across the, you know, the years I've been alive is back surgeries are never a guaranteed thing. They're never a guaranteed thing. I mean, you can go have back surgery. It may help a little bit, but it may not completely cure the problem. Or you could go have back surgery, and it could fix one problem and create another problem. Those are as tricky as they get. And as, and while you as a person go, okay, it's going to fix everything, uh, and sometimes it does, but not all the time. And that's why with Brooke Lopez, with as critical as he is, as we talked about yesterday uh, on this program, you just have to have somebody else there with him. Would you want Robin Lopez back? Sam Schmidt. Oh, yeah, I would take Robin back. I think that's he's had a he's had a really good year. I think that's a distinct possibility. I think maybe you could go get a Robin Lopez back to put him back on this bench to back up Brooke Lopez. I think that's something that should be up for consideration as well. You've just got to protect yourself from something happening to Brooke and being down again. Or if for whatever the reason Brooke can't play a ton of minutes. Then you have to have somebody that can kind of fill those minutes, but still be able to do some of the things that Brooke Lopez can do. And, and seeing Winhorst and everybody now really starting to get into these trade rumors, had a three-team trade yesterday uh, in the NBA, nothing blockbuster-wise, but a three-team trade yesterday. So you're going to start to see more and more of these trades come, and as they come here, you hope uh, that Milwaukee can get another big. Do you have any other concerns about this team right now, Sam, outside of getting another big? The bench... Still scares me a little bit because every time Giannis comes off the court, it seems like the lead just evaporates no matter what. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's pretty much just hoping that Chris and Drew are going to be healthy all season long and especially come so, playoff time. Ojale, my opinion, has no business on this roster. Yeah, no. That, that um, was, Rodney that was Hood, um, I don't think has done enough either. So that's another guy that can be moved. I wouldn't I wouldn't miss any sleep at night over either. I mean, th- those are two guys right now that are replaceable. Like, just boop. See ya. Whether it goes in a trade to a rebuilding team that sees Ojale and sees something that maybe they can build on going forward or whatever the case may be. But those are two guys that can be replaced on this bench, and hopefully you find an upgrade. It's just not working at this point. Now, you hope that DiVincenzo figures it out before the playoffs. You hope Connaughton can get back to how he was playing at the beginning of the year. That's what you're hoping for, right? But the two guys that I have no hope for at this point is is Ojale and Hood. Uh, in again, it's been a while for Hood since he's been really good. What three years? I want to say it's been since he's had a really productive a year in the NBA. And I don't mind playing the catch lightning in a bottle and and see if we get lucky game because that's exactly kind of what they did. Um, but it doesn't appear now. And again, half the season left. But the problem is you don't have a half a season to make a determination with the trade deadline coming on the tenth. So if you want to get better at those positions, you want to make a move now or you do it after the trade deadline uh, during the buyout market. Th- those those would be a couple of the areas I'm looking to improve. Backup center, and if I can improve Ojale, and if I can improve uh, Rodney Hood, then that that's that's what I'm looking to do. Up next, Ben Steele, the Milwaukee Journal Center. We'll talk to Marquette Hoops and see what he, why if he can explain to me why they didn't get a vote in the AP Top 25 vote. Because I thought they should have been in the damn tw- top 25. They didn't get a vote. I'm talking to Ben Steele next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. 
Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM, the fan live from the Lakeland University studios. Leader in online education for more than 25 years, lakeland.edu. Green and Gold Post, a Green and Gold pregame show, I should say. Bart Winkler, Toby Altizer, Saturday night starting at 6 o'clock. Bart Winkler, Toby Altizer, Saturday night, 6 o'clock for the Green and Gold pregame show. Taking you up to kickoff at 7.15. And the Green and Gold postgame show presented by Lakeland University, Gary Ellerson and myself. Uh, coming up on Saturday night following that game at Lambeau Field between Green Bay and San Francisco. So pre and post on the fan Saturday night. It all starts at 6 o'clock with Bart Winkler uh, and Toby Altizer uh, Saturday night at 6. Joining us now from the Milwaukee Journal Central covers the uh, Marquette basketball team. He is Ben Steele on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. What's going on, Ben Steele? Hey, good to hear from you again. Thanks for having me on. Okay, so I, I need somebody to explain this to me because I don't understand. Like I, I saw uh-huh. Jeff Goodman, who's a national college basketball guy, uh, was with ESPN, was with Stadium Sports, been all over. Uh, and he puts out his top 25 every week, and I saw where he had the Badgers. Okay, I think he had him at five or something. Okay, fine. I go looking for Marquette not in the top 25. I quote tweet, I said, I, I don't see, I, I thought Marquette would be in his top 25. Okay, fine. So now the AP top 25 comes out, the real one. Now that one comes out. No Marquette. So I can look down, receiving votes. They don't even get a damn vote. What am I missing? Yeah, I think it's the, uh, they have six losses. So that's a lot for, if you look at all the other teams in the top 25. Although, you know, if you look at the losses, they don't have any bad losses. Um, probably their two worst losses, they lost to Crave at home in double overtime. And Marquette also lost to St. Bonaventure, who Let's was ranked look, at the time. Look at the losses. St. Bonaventure's was ranked, what, 22nd? They lost that one. Yeah. That was early in the season. They lost to a ranked yeah. Badger team, a ranked UCLA team, a ranked Xavier yeah. team. UConn, fine. Creighton, okay, I guess. And then since Creighton, they've won, what, four games in a row here. Mm-hmm. They beat a ranked Providence team. They beat a, a ranked Seton Hall team on top of it. I think... And maybe I'm, I'll be wrong here, but I think if they beat Villanova at Villanova tonight, mm-hmm. that's on CBS Sports Network, they got to be in the top 25 next week. Yes, I would absolutely agree with that. And they also play a ranked Xavier, Xavier. team on Sunday. Yep. Part of this uh, brutal stretch that Marquette is playing. So there's going to be plenty of opportunities for Marquette. They're not in the top 25 this week, but there's plenty of chances for them in the, in the upcoming weeks. So what's changed? I mean, they, they had lost... Uh, what, four in a row before winning four in a row here between yeah. Providence, Georgetown, DePaul, and Seton Hall. What kind of has changed for this Marquette basketball team to get them going in the right direction again? Uh, the offense has really started clicking. I mean, they kind of stumbled in the second half against Seton Hall and had a cold shooting stretch. Uh, I think they started the second half one for 14 in that game. But in the first half, they were red hot, and that – tied in with, with what was going right in their four-game winning streak, that the offense was scored 88 against Providence, 92 against Georgetown. Uh, let me look. Uh, DePaul, they had 87. Um, and the, th- the three-point shooting, which had been like probably their biggest flaw in the early part of the season, that's starting to trend upwards. And they're really starting to share the ball. I think the last time we were on, we talked about uh, the 27 assists they had against DePaul. And, right. And that started to run, I think, in, in the three pre- previous games so that they had 20 or more assists in those games, too. So there's really not one star. They're kind of sharing the ball. They've kind of figured out that that's going to be their identity. Um, they're not going to have to rely on one guy. There could be one guy that's hot that game, but um, they're, 
they're more going to have to rely on the collective uh, as far as scoring and also scoring off the defense, like getting getting out in transition, getting deflections, which is the biggest thing that Shaka Smart talks about all the time, deflections on defense. You'll hear it every press conference. Um, so that, that that's the thing, man. They're starting to trend upward on offense, starting to figure things out. I'll tell you where, I, where I'm concerned. They're getting killed on boards. I mean, yeah. not not kind of killed. They're getting really killed on boards. Like 10, 15 boards a night they're losing the rebound battle by. Uh, and that is a big problem that I think they got to figure out. Yeah, especially like they give up a lot of offensive rebounds. Um, part of that is uh, that they're two big guys, Osoe Godaro and Kirkwet. They're kind of skinny guys, more athletic, springy types, so they can get kind of pushed around a little bit. And Justin Lewis is probably their best rebounder, but he's playing a lot on the perimeter now um, in this new offense that Shaka brought. So um, that kind of hurts them a little bit on the board too. But yeah, that's been a, that's been probably their biggest issue the whole season. Uh, they figured out the three point shooting, but now the the next biggest issue is, is the rebounding. You know, the other part of this too is if if you look at you know that Badgers team, we talked about this before. You know, it's it's Johnny Davis, it's Brad Davidson, it's uh, Tyler Wall, it's those three guys kind of every night that you can kind of mm-hmm. count on right now for them. Okay, you got Lewis for Marquette. He's definitely that guy. And then outside of that, you know, Marcel has been there uh, last game. Obviously, he played well last couple right. of games, but he's been kind of hit or miss throughout the season. Uh, there really isn't another guy that you can count on to score the basketball every night outside of Lewis, and even he isn't doing it at like 15, 20 a night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, I think they've had four guys – that have scored over 20 points a game. I know Oso's done it. In one-game uh, situations, Elliott. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Greg Elliott's been – he's been part of the, the three-point shooting renaissance. He's shooting over 50 – isn't Elliott shooting over 50% from three this yeah. year? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Small, Not a high volume, but still, I mean, 50% is 50%. Right. And a decent clip. Um, so he can get he can get you 20, but, you know, that's if his shot's going down or not. Uh, yeah, Justin Lewis has scored over 20 points a game. Um so they got they got guys that can do it, but yeah, not not they haven't all done it consistently. The other part of this talking uh, with our guy Ben Steele here, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, uh, on Sparky's Midday Madness, the physicality of this game, and we've heard Shaka Smart talk about it uh, in the past, as far as wanting his team to be more physical uh, in a timeout and telling his players to be more physical. How, how yeah. much of that just has to be with it being a younger team and kind of learning how to play at this level? Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. Um, a lot of freshmen, a lot of guys who didn't play in big roles last season. And, yeah, they're learning the game. And, and a lot of it is learning how, especially in the Big East, where you, you face teams like Seton Hall where they can, you know, just put their head down and, and try to create a lot of contact. It could be shocking for, like, young guys. So uh, they're, they're starting to figure it out a little bit. Um, yeah, you'll hear Shaka talk about that a lot. Uh, he talks about, playing more violent that's his his phrase that he uses a lot and he stresses that it's not violence off the court he, he doesn't condone well, obviously yes yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we know we know always, shaka yeah yeah yeah. yeah yeah we, but, we're, uh, we're well aware of that yeah but that's uh that's definitely a big part of what he's trying to to implement with this team you know right now you look at the badgers and you know they're going to be a, a three seed or better probably right mm-hmm. i mean so, because they are playing that well. They very well could be in the top five probably next week after being ranked eighth. I look at this Marquette team. Now, again, there's a, there's a long way to go. I mean, they don't play their last yeah. uh, regular season game to what, March 5th, March 5th I want to say it is. 
against St. John. So a long way to go yeah. in the season right now. But if they stay healthy and they continue to progress as a young team, I mean, this who knows? This team may end up being a six, seven seed, something like that in the tournament. Yeah, and or better. Like uh, like we talked about, like this stretch coming up, there's a lot of opportunities. Uh, Villanova tonight, Xavier Sunday, Seton Hall on the road, Villanova again, Connecticut on the road. I mean, those are like you can rack up some marquee wins here, and that that'll put you on the national radar pretty quick. How is this team? Do you travel with the team for the Journal Sentinel yeah. or not? You do. Yes, I am I am in, in Philadelphia as we speak. Okay, so how is this team on the road? I mean, is it feeling like they're kind of a group? Is it feeling kind of like there's like segment? I like the team is kind of segmented and they hang out in you know pods of three or four. Or how does it feel when you're on the road with these guys? No, it's, it it feels like it's definitely a very connected group. They like to they they traveled here yesterday and they like to go to the arena, the away arena, the night before the game, even if it's like 10 p.m., 11 p.m. I think they were out at Villanova's campus arena 8 or 9 p.m. yesterday, Eastern time, so they like to go there and get a feel for the place and get shots up, and then they're, they're back there again today during shoot-arounds. Um, so they definitely travel in packs and, and do that sort of thing together. Um, I don't think there's a lot of downtime. They're, they're mostly just quick business trips for these guys. Yep. Uh, what about Finner and uh, Pavilion tonight? How yeah. how loud of an environment is that compared to, say, a Pfizer Forum for Marquette? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a tiny on-campus arena. I think it's just a shade over 6,000 right. people. Yep. They just renovated it a couple of years ago. It's really nice. Now, um, it, it gets rocking in there, and tonight I think they're going to retire Josh Hart's number. Uh, He's a nice player from a couple of years ago, yeah. so I'm sure the crowd will be in full force today. I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure if their students are on campus or not, but regardless, they'll fill sixty over six thousand seats in that place, so it's going to be loud. Uh, yeah, and it's a tough place to play. Marquette's never won there. Um, I think they're 0 and 9 there. If well, I remember, I'll tell you this: Villanova is favored by 14 in this game. I don't gamble. Yeah, I don't make bets. That number. seems stupid to me. That it's 14. Now watch though, the Marquette will lose by 30, yeah. and we'll both look dumb for saying it. But that just seems outlandish that it's 14 points. Yeah, that's a huge number. I I don't see that now. Villanova certainly they're capable of bombing threes, and they sure. can have a night where they hit 20 threes on you. But you know, with this Marquette defense, I. Don't see that happening, but you know, it's college basketball. Crazy stuff happens all the time. We'll see. Yep. Joey, th- or uh, Joey, yeah. Ben Steele, thank you so much for no, coming on. Joey, no, we have a Joey on hold. I was looking at the screen. Sorry. Uh, ben Steele, thanks so much for coming on the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, and uh, we'll catch up again maybe next week and continue to talk some Marquette basketball. I appreciate it. Always. Take care. There he is, Ben Steele, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Follow him on Twitter as well on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Applying for home renovation loan as you're feeling anxious, breathe. And let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of banquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today to show that I was not lying, that there really is a Joey on hold. Joey in New Berlin, you're next on Sparky's Midday Madness. What's up, Joey? What's going on, Sparky? So, yeah. I'm just calling in, man. I kind of agree with you on this whole, like, Marquette ranking thing. They maybe should be up in there. But the thing I can't get with, man, I don't know. I saw some facts that, like, UCLA, UConn, Duke, North Carolina, all these teams, they have, like, the highest expenditure for recruiting and all their basketball programs and stuff. Sure. And Marquette's, Marquette's right up up there with them. And you yep. can't get a winning season. You can't even get a tournament out of these guys. I mean, they play at Viserv. That's all they spend their money on at Marquette. I mean, wow. 
Right. Again, I mean, we can go back and look at this, right, Joey? So let's go back. I mean, I don't know how far back you want to go, but if we go back to, say, Tom Crean and that Final Four team with Wade and those yep. guys, Wade was a was a diamond in the rough that he rolled the dice on, Crean did, earlier yep. than anybody else. Kid, right? Wade yeah. exploded at the end of his high school career, and then they had the, the academic issue, so he didn't get to play, but he got to practice with the team all year. Uh, and then he comes back the next year, and you see just how good he was. And then he got two yeah. local shooters that were really good in Novak and Diener. He gets a transfer in Rob Jackson. So it took that kind of, I don't want to say luck, but that's kind of how the whole thing got formulated together. He recruited pretty good. I mean, Dominic James, yeah. Wesley Matthews. Kareem yeah, did a even Buzz, Buzz, Buzz even recruited pretty damn well. He went Juco. He Jimmy went Butler well. and those guys, right. Jay Crowder, he did well too. Uh, Will Jahowski set this program back a decade. I mean, he. Yeah, I'm sorry. Say what you want. I, that dude. I, I was willing to give him a chance the first couple of years, but it was clear as day he was the wrong person. He may have been a he nice been guy and all that, before, but no. yeah, he he was no. It was horrible. And now you get another guy in here that can recruit and give them a chance. And I think you will definitely see that uh, with Shaka Smart. No, no question about it, Joey. Thanks for calling in. Appreciate it. I, 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 what Jazzy might have been a nice guy. Don't know. No clue. All I'm saying is he killed. He absolutely killed that program. They were going in the same trajectory. Now, again, Crean did it one way, Buzz did it another as far as how they recruited. Now, maybe they didn't want them to recruit the way Buzz did it. Fine. When Wojciechowski was brought in here, it was because, oh, he was at Duke with Krzyzewski, and oh, boy, he'll recruit. And then you got Jabari Parker. Oh, yeah, he was so instrumental in me going to Duke and so forth. It is very, very difficult to recruit for yourself after you've been recruiting for a legend. And that's what he was doing, recruiting for Coach K. That's what Guard was doing, recruiting for Bo Ryan. Very, very difficult to make that transition and still recruit at a high level. Am I a Creighton fan? No. But he deserves all the credit in the world for what he did at Marquette. That dude came in here coming up from under Tom Izzo and recruited his tail end off. Did not rely on Juco players and so forth like Buzz did. Straight up recruited and recruited really good basketball players. Basketball players that ended up playing in the NBA or playing overseas, whatever the case may be. Deserves a lot of credit. Because what you just saw was it's not as easy as what maybe Cranham and Buzz Williams made it look like at Marquette. Again, two different ways of recruiting and how they decided to do it. Wojciechowski showed you uh, it's not as easy as everybody thought it was to this point because clearly that was a train wreck. Now they've got a guy that knows how to recruit and shock is smart and knows how to get the kids, and you can just see it. Look up and down that roster of all the you know, freshmen, sophomore, whatever on this roster. His team, watch. You think they're good this year? Wait till next year. They're going to be even better next year. They'll be even better by the time they get to the tournament. That is a, a true sign of somebody knows what they're doing, and that was a home run. Hire said it when they hired him, and as you were watching this team and watching this talent, it's far more talent than we saw under Wojciechowski at any point. Uh, at, at, at any point. Rami Makhlouf comes up next here uh, to tell us about the Rami Show coming up at 3 o'clock. Don't go anywhere. How are you doing uh, here on a Wednesday? Uh, Sparky's Midday Madness. Let me tell you about my friends over at Q Club of Wisconsin. No matter your favorite sport, the place to be for great food, fun, and playing your own favorite indoor games is Q Club of Wisconsin. Plenty of TVs. They're everywhere. You cannot look somewhere and not see a TV. 
Watch all the favorite games you want while playing your favorite indoor games. They're in a huge entertainment game room and settle down to awesome food from loaded burgers, wraps, wings, plus Wednesday and Friday fish fries. That's today. And guess how they pile them up? <laughs> With all the extras. Visit their Facebook page or Cube Club of WI.com for menu and weekend live entertainment updates. Cube Club of Wisconsin, North Grandview Boulevard in Waukesha. Ever have one of those days where you just feel... Happy and goofy and all the same. That's kind of how I've been all day long. Really? Kind of, yeah. And Something Leroy, precipitate this? Leroy just laughing at me. No. No? And I've been drinking no sugar soda, so it's not that. Alcohol? I couldn't tell you last time I had a drink. Really? Months. Why aren't you fun guess. anymore? I don't know. What happened? You used to be fun. I did. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. Remember when you were fun? Remember when you never wanted to go out to have a drink with me because you had to wash your hair, too. Yeah, I missed a on. lot of years because you just refused to go out drinking with me. You're missing a lot of years now because you're refusing to go out drinking with me. So it's funny. I was talking with Kay yesterday, <laughs> and I was like, you know, we all go through phases, man. Yeah, I was talking yeah. to Kay yesterday. I go, you know, we're past halfway point of our life already. Why do you I mean? Unless I live to like ninety. Why do you? Why do people even think about that? You know what I mean? Like the other day, literally the other day, I, I have this text thread with my friends down in Chicago. Yeah, I know. And uh, one of them is out in, in San Francisco. And uh, he said, um, like, I don't even know where we were, we were, like, joking something about death. You know what I mean? I don't thing. think I'd joke about death, but okay, go ahead. And he goes, damn, I just I just realized we're probably going to end up at each other's funerals. I was like, Jesus, dude. Oh, uh, yeah, probably. Funny. This was funny until just now. What are you doing well, bringing, I mean, the, whole, no, but that's, bringing the whole mood well, down? Well, that's not true. Somebody's got to die first, so somebody won't show up to the other ones. Well, yeah, yeah. Somebody's going to miss all I, of them. I, I, I figured that was somebody the implied be, meaning. Somebody will be waiting for the rest of y'all up in heaven if you believe in that. I mean, right. hey, I got here first. Right. Drinks on me. Yeah. But who, I mean, why do, Why would you think about that? I don't know. Well, I mean, I do know why I was thinking about it, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, okay, Rami Makhlouf, what's coming up on your show? So by the weird. way. You're weird. By the way, Sam Schmitz now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard he got some some bats yesterday. Good for him. Uh-oh. Um. Yeah, I, 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 uh... What? Uh, why were you... My screen. What was that? My screen. <laughs> Sorry. Why, my, why did that the, stop you in the, your tracks? The screen on the computer just yeah. flipped to something I had not seen before, and I got concerned that something went horribly wrong, but I got it back. Okay. Um, Sam Schmitz did a nice job yesterday, man. Good. Good. Got a lot of love, a lot yeah. of props. Good. You know, that's the one thing I got to say, man. I mean, from the best. The one thing I can you say know? is, like, right now, I mean, Toby Altizer... He's doing a good job filling in when we have guys off. Dan Plucker does a nice job filling in when we got guys off. Sam Schmidt's now filling in for the first time for you. I mean, it's nice, man. These young guys, man, they're coming. I'm happy about it. Those old guys like getting kicked to the curb eventually. I like it. Uh, all right, we're what do you not got? kicked to the curb. Nobody's getting. I'm not getting. Nobody's getting kicked to the curb. Yeah. By we? the way, speaking of that, mm-hmm. so Rami did the score last night in Chicago. Yes, I did. So you know me. I mean, I'm a friend. Hear how my guy's doing in Chicago, his dream job. Sam, you know what they were talking about when I turned on the score in Chicago last night? Oh, please tell me it was Josh Allen. Oh, no. Oh, no. that did come up. Damn. Mm-mm. They were talking about cake. <laughs> What's your favorite cake? So you- They were talking about chocolate cake, fruit cake, <laughs> cheesecake. Sam should be surprised. Sam knows who I am as a host. Holy I mean, yeah, but like that's your, that's your dream station. You're talking, <laughs> you're talking cake. He had the guy that hosts the Bulls postgame show on it, and they talked we, cake. We talked Bulls for like 12 minutes. And then oh, at the, and boy, then, whole 12 minutes. And then at the end, I brought up cake. Because we were talking about the end, he all, because he also I a, know I was talking to Rick Camp I in know. addition to hosting Bulls post. I know on the, the name score, of the podcast. He hosts the I'm Fat Pod, 
with him and Jay Zawoski. And it's all about food and being a big boy. That's what the whole thing is about. So I figured, and we we had that Andy Reid clip where he was talking about chocolate cake. If you have one piece of chocolate cake dangled in front of you, you probably want another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my question to an expert, I the host the of the Reed I'm book. Fat Pod, yeah. is what's your favorite cake? Mm. Which I think is a good, Sam, what's your favorite cake? Here chocolate? Is chocolate your favorite cake? Not I'm a chocoholic. Bring, yeah, man. Not mean to bring this like on a good, here. Like, cho- like layered chocolate cake with like chocolate cream like, frosting in between. So oh. You ever go to oh. Olive Garden and have their like moose cake chocolate? No. Oh, no. Best cake. You know who has great cake? is Portillo's. Oh, great yeah, yeah. I mean, cake. it's basically the same thing as Portillo's. Oh, okay. So right. we're talking about the same thing. And they make yeah. a chocolate cake shake there oh, as the well? Ca- oh, the cake oh. shake. Oh, <laughs> the cake shake. Oh, get me a cake shake right now. Right uh, now. Can I, oh. can I leave for a couple minutes and see if we can get Yes. Something? Yeah, if, you can get, if you're going to get his cake shakes, yeah, I'll manage the first half hour myself. Do it. Yeah, can we, can I, we door I, I dash like, that? If we're going to do that, I'll take we, the eclair cake. Can we Uber Eats it? Uh, I'm all about the eclair cake. You're there. an eclair guy? Yeah, I don't for even sure. know what an eclair cake is. What's an eclair cake? It's like the, the custard in an eclair, and it's multiple layers. It's like 10 layers of chocolate and, and the, the cream in an eclair. And oh. it's, it's, in a ref, it's refrigerated. All right. It's so good. Um, yeah, very, the other very question good. I had was: Is very cheese, sweet? Though. Is cheesecake a cake, or is yeah, of cheese, course is cheesecake a different category unto no. itself from like a regular flour no. and sugar cake? I don't like cheesecake. Oh, I'm turning your microphone off. Yeah, get him out of here. That dude. was nice. You're no longer allowed to you, leave you either. Ju- you just complimented. Nah, him you have too. to stay here. You Man, just complimented. Who doesn't like too. cheesecake in Wisconsin? That's crazy. Why? Why? I want to know why. I, I don't know. Probably never had any good cheesecake. Challenge accepted. <laughs> uh, cheesecake king. Listens to this station all the time. Need to make our boy Sam a cheesecake. Ooh, Bring it in. About? You like turtle cheesecake. Oh. Mm. Mm. Cheesecake King. Mm. So, Stevie the Cheesecake King, if he's listening, I've had many cheesecake he's made for me over the years. He's listening. Make that cheesecake for Sam Schmitz. We'll get you a really good cheesecake. That dude makes homemade cheesecakes. They are so, so good. All right, what do you got on your show? On the show today, Sparky, uh, out of the gates, a topic actually inspired by, I was listening to the big show yesterday. And uh, I heard a Why caller. Why is that? What do you mean? I was driving and I was listening. Oh, all right. I had you on the radio. First time for everything. <laughs> it's not the first time. It's, Second time? It's, it happens. Yeah. It happens every once in a while. It's just not it so happens, at all. It happens Go. every now and then. Go ahead. <laughs> and uh, I heard a caller in the last segment of the show. You know what? I'm not even going to spoil it. I'm just going to say it was it was inspired by a caller to, to the Wendy's Big Show yesterday. I'll tell you what the topic is when, when I get on the air here in just a minute. So we'll do that. We'll hear from uh, Matt Laf- or actually Alan Lazard at 3.45, 4 o'clock. A lot of both of uh, Wisconsin's MVPs have been talking about about their legacy lately and what they need to do to to get where they want to be. In that Eric name piece on Giannis was phenomenal. So good, so phenomenal, good. so good. And that's what got me thinking: who needs who needs more championships more, Aaron Rodgers or Giannis? Giannis. You think so? Yeah, because well, I, I look. First of all, See, it's Rogers, not as easy as a question as you thought. No, not at all, because no. Rodgers is pretty much done. So he's out of time. I mean, he, it took too long for he's him. He's almost done. He's not going to play long enough to catch Brady. So that's done. Um, Does he have Giannis, to? Okay, we'll get into he, this. Yeah, let's see. This, this is a pointless topic for you. Why are you even doing it? This, do uh, this is stupid. Why are you even doing the topic? You don't even believe in rings being a measuring stick when we start talking about 
judging the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. If there's anybody on this station that should never do that specific topic you're about to do, it should be you. Maybe that topic Maybe the me. big show should do that topic, and you should find something else. That's a horrible topic. Maybe, you don't even believe in that stuff. Maybe that topic gives me a chance to get up on my soapbox and t- oh. tell you people I don't know what you're talking about oh. when it comes to quarterbacks. What time is that so I can turn <laughs> off the radio? That's exactly what it is. That's that stupidity that we're talking about. That's exactly what it is. But going back to what you said, my answer to that is Rodgers is out of time. Giannis has plenty of time to still make a run for five or six rings. And that's where I think he's got to get to. He's got to get to five or more to have a legitimate chance to be talked about as the greatest of all time if that's something he aspires to do. I don't know. Ryan Wood will be here at 445 and uh, pick a lane at 5 and uh, maybe hear a little Devontae Adams before we get on here at 6. That dude is what you call him. That dude. He's that dude on the Packers beat. Like, Aaron Rodgers is that dude for the Packers. You know, Giannis is that dude for the Bucks. Ryan Wood is that dude on the Packers beat. That's what I mean when I say that dude. He's that dude. And, you know, he changed his Twitter handle to that dude or his name. What? He changed his Twitter name to That Dude. I don't know if he's still got it's it. It's not up. Ryan Wood anymore. It's at That Dude. It's Hold in on. his bio. It's in his bio. Excuse yeah. me. Oh, I saw it in the bio. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but he didn't change his Sorry. Twitter handle from at by, by Ryan Wood to at That Dude. My bad. I Does that exist on Twitter? At That Dude? Um, it has to. I mean, that would be a gutsy move by Ryan that Wood to dude. change his Twitter handle to at That Dude. There is no have to take that. If he. No. You already stole all the big show. I don't listeners. know if there's just an at that dude. No, there's, a, I, there's, there's not one that just shows at up. At that right dude. Away. There's yeah. a bunch of like at that dude. Blah 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 blah. But I, I should take that. Yeah, Sam. You ever hear how he got all his followers on I his might Twitter be account? My burner account. R- Rami or Ryan? Ryan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 